This is the Great IO Get Together, originally recorded on YouTube Live. Although you can listen to the show as a podcast, you only get the full experience by visiting thegig.online/youtube. It's time for your viewing pleasure, the online show that will change how you think about online shows. Welcome to the Great I.O. Get-Together! On tonight's show, fun and excitement like you won't believe. The thrills, the chills. Now join me in welcoming your hosts and mine, Richard and Tara! so much, Pete, and welcome everyone to the great I.O. get-together number nine, Carter v. Carter, Dueling Carters, with Dorothy and Nathan. My name is Richard, this is my co-host Tara. How's it going, Tara? What what random whatever do you have for us today? I know that you love Animal Facts from the New York Times, but, but mm-hmm, I've got mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. different today. So I read this paper, it was in PNAS actually, about um, scientific impact. Nope. And the finding was that the bigger the scientific field, the harder it was to actually change the dogma um, and without citing all the existing literature on a topic. And I've just mm-hmm. been thinking about that all day. I know we've written a lot about research impact, but it means that the smaller the field, the more chance you have to actually make a difference and change it. Oh, so there's a huge opportunity to change things in I.O. is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, excellent. Um, so that that's... Great news for our viewers. Uh, if uh, if you've never joined us before uh, for this this thing that we're doing, uh, we record these live. This is a fully live show, so we can take your questions uh, as you have them. Live gigs are uh, facilitated mostly by our Discord community, where you can chat with all the all your fellow viewers during the show anytime you want. Uh, you can find more details about that on the website at thegig.online. Uh, all of our regular shows, this one's no exception, have two halves. So in the first half, we have a little bit of fun. and uh, the second half, we get a little bit more serious, all with our guests or guests of the day. So at the top of today's gig is going to be the newlywed game, which I will leave to Tara to explain just a little bit later. Uh, our lucky guests today are Drs. Dorothy and Nathan Carter of the University of Georgia. Welcome to the show, Dorothy and Nathan. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you so much for having us. We'll, uh, we'll be playing our game about 20, 30 minutes or so. Uh, and then after our mid-show break, uh, we'll chat a little bit about uh, the challenge of dual careers. So if we're all ready, I will hand it over to Tara. All right. Well, apparently Richard has not learned his lesson about letting me make up games for the show. So I'm going to ruin yet another classic game show. Uh, in, in this uh, game, I've asked each of you some questions about the other one's career, and I'm going to see how well you really know each other. So, and we'll keep score, Richard. You'll keep score, right? Wait, okay. Yes, yeah, great. Okay, me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so let's start. We'll start with a really easy one, okay? All right, Nathan, what is Dorothy's dissertation title? <laughs> <laughs> I know the topic. I'll give you half credit if you can get it close. Oh. <laughs> this is a great Heart. start. Like, do I know my dissertation title? <laughs> Boy, I don't think I know mine, actually. <laughs> like, can I verify this? <laughs> the I have it written down, don't worry. 
<laughs> I don't know if you're already using this language about it or not yet. Go ahead. The granting influence and so <laughs> no. Granting leadership. I don't know. I don't know. All right. You can have a tenth of a point for saying the word leadership. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> that's, that's better than I did on my comps part for leadership. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dorothy, can you do better? What was Nathan's dissertation title? Mm. Item response theory colon <laughs> various other words after that. All right, you can have a quarter of a point. How's that? Did we get to know what it was? Yeah, will you tell us what our dissertation topics were? Okay, well, Dorothy's is titled The Motivational Drivers of Leadership Emergence in multi Seam Systems. Um, I could not find Nathan's on the internet, so I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Differential functioning of items and tests under the general. I remember that it's when I, I remember when word. I turned my paperwork in, the the administrative assistant was like, "What the hell have you been doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a good sign. Always a vote of confidence. <laughs> it's well, especially when your whole committee agrees with her. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe you'll do better on the next question. A little bit easier. Maybe. Um, so let's see here. Dorothy, we'll start with you this time. What is Nathan's proudest career accomplishment? Ooh. Like an outcome. I would say your first JP paper. Oh, uh, he's close. Oh, really? Yeah. Very close. Nathan, can you do better? What's Dorothy's proudest career accomplishment? All right, not a great sign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, NASA, the NASA. Sure. <laughs> That's interesting. So you each gave your own answer instead of the other person's answer. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was my first NASA. Yeah, yeah. and so mine was my first JP paper. <laughs> Classic mistake. All right, no points for that one. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, okay. Ooh, this is a. This is another one about papers. We'll see if you can do it. So. I would like you to each tell me what the other person's most highly cited paper is. It's a tough one. Yours, yours is your uh, mm -mm. The JP, no? Mm -mm. Oh, we're not talking first author stuff. Right. It's that topology. Yep. Yep. Oh. The, uh, Amazing. Full point. Full yeah. point for Nathan here. Point. Mm -hmm. And... Oh. I don't know what mine is actually. Is I, actually, I do think I do. I do think I know. Is yours a curvilinear paper? No, no. It's like <laughs> the veterinary <or> papers. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. The title is ridiculously long. Oh, okay. Uh, is it the trust? My trust paper? No. I don't know. Oh, geez. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. It is. It is a test of the International Personality oh. Item Pool representation oh. of the revised Neo Personality Inventory and development of a 120-item IPIP-based measure of the five-factor model. <laughs> uh, Amazing wow. title, got to say. That's, that's how you get a psych assessment. Apparently. Mm. All right, okay. Next, let's see if you can guess what each of you said. What is your most fun research project you've ever worked on? Ooh. You go first. Hmm. For what you said. Yeah. Let's see. Fun. 
And I'll tell you that Dorothy took this question so seriously that she emailed me this morning to update her answer. So, because <laughs> I realized that I had a more fun. It sounds right. Yeah. 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 Something to do with Italy would be my guess. Close. Okay. <laughs> that is the right continent. So I think you should get half a point for that. Yeah. Okay. So I said that there was a whole series of projects okay. that I did in graduate school with Leslie uh -huh. and my really fun cohort members, Raquel and uh -huh. Amy and Peter. And I yeah. lived in France for a semester yep. and I would say I had the most fun okay. during. Well, ours intersect them. Is yours our paper yep. Yep. <laughs> that we wrote on the train yep. in France? That's what I, yeah, that's what I told Sarah. So both of our most fun experiences in research were located in France. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. All right. So I think Dorothy full point, Nathan half a point, but I want to hear the story. So you wrote a paper on a train? Mm hmm Yeah. That's Tell pretty much <laughs> Well, we were, so from... I was living over in France to help collect data for an NSF grant on globally distributed multi-team systems. And Nathan and I were very newly dating and he came over and visited me for a couple of weeks. And this was the first time we had ever, both of us had been out of the country. Yes. We had never been out of the country before. Mm. So that's both of our first. Yeah. Um, and so then we had an idea for a paper. That paper is now published in Journal of Management, like 25 years after when we first started working on it, you know, exaggerating. But um, <laughs> we submitted it in 2013 and it has a pagination of 2013. Yeah. Well, one time a graduate student asked me sometime, asked me the question of how long does it take to get a paper published from kind of idea inception to actually it being paginated. And I was like, well, sometimes it's really quick, but other times you um, start working on a paper and then you start dating your co-author and <laughs> you, you know, yeah, the and, you, and then you move in with your co-author and then you get engaged to your co-author and then you yeah. marry your co-author <laughs> and then you buy a house with your co-author and then finally your paper is published. Yeah. Who hasn't been there, really? Classic story. Amazing. Okay. Uh, you guys are not doing great on this game. Well, actually, no, I take that back. You're doing fine. I shouldn't say that. But Score, score um, check. Score check. Nathan yeah, is at a, a 1.6 and uh, Dorothy at a 1.25. I love that you're keeping track of the decimal points. It is an I mean, IO show. People here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready for the next one? I asked each of you, what is your luckiest career stroke? What did you say? Oh, I remember mine now. I'm trying to think what yours would be. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Um, luckiest. Yeah. I would. Some of these, it's like I don't want to say them because if it's not right, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It doesn't. Okay. It's just part of the game. I, yeah. yeah, I think you've discovered why people watch the newlywed game. Was it? Was it... <laughs> yes. That's okay. Because okay. okay. that's my answer. Zicker. Oh. Yeah. Because we had fabulous yeah. advisors. Yeah, great advisors. So just to be clear, you gave away your answer, Nathan, but that's okay. I'll forgive you. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> 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 but I think it is very cute that both of you said the same answer for this, which is that your luckiest stroke was finding yourself working with your advisor. You want to say a word or two about why that was your answer? You go first. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Mike, you know, I I was wanted to work with him specifically. Uh, you know, I was interested in IRT and all that. And I could tell from his website he was pretty cool. And then I remember I visited and saw his office and how messy it was. And I thought, man, this guy could work together, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, then it was just like he couldn't have been more supportive. Um, you know, he didn't do any hand-holding or anything like that. But if I needed him, he was there. And that, that's kind of what you need. And he's a great person. And yeah. I, still, I still ask him for advice all the time. Yeah, I mean, I would say similar things. Um, I think it's just so important for graduate students to identify mentors, whether that is that person, you know, whether it is your official advisor or somebody else. I was extremely lucky that my advisor, Leslie DeChurch, is just a wonderful person and stellar researcher and, uh, you know, great mentor. But it was also like a really good fit personality wise. Like we we just meshed in that way. And I think like looking for that personality fit with somebody out there as a mentor is a really important thing for junior folks to do no matter what. I think it's a great point. I'm really glad that you mentioned that. It's something that we don't necessarily write down anywhere, but it's uh, it can make a huge difference in a person's career. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So we are now at the, at the kind of wacky portion of these questions. They're <laughs> a bit strange score, score okay. is important was 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 there any were there any points earned it was sort of a uh, flag on the yeah, play like, i don't know yes so i think nathan <laughs> gets a point for guessing but then loses a point for giving away the answer oh, so yeah. okay yeah, yeah. It's fair. <laughs> gets a point. no no forgetting yeah keep it even all right so first nathan how would dorothy describe your research area boring <laughs> <laughs> um i i don't let's see um using item responsibility to figure out stuff no not even close per personality i don't know personality <laughs> you have one more guess teams and leadership researcher oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i have to say i did not know this about you that you were secretly a teams and leadership researcher this whole time but good uh, to know so the backstory here is that Nathan is not a team's nor a leadership researcher. <laughs> However, I have pulled him into many projects on teams and leadership over the years, particularly those that require advanced methodological skills and that sort of thing. Um, and he does it willingly-ish. And um, but the the backstory also is that he you want to tell your comp story? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I had to write like do like a supplemental thing to pass comps because I failed leadership. So <laughs> and I, I still remember the thing that really in was that I started it off with just like like basically like the and I've learned to better and you know I had to go do a five page paper because of this part of the answer but it was like like basically like no one knows what leadership is at all <laughs> it was just the typical immature ramblings <laughs> of a only partially educated person 
And so then I had then basically they were like, okay, everything else is fine. This is unacceptable. You've got to go write a paper mm. about leadership and what has been good about it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, okay, last question here for now. Um, Dorothy, what is the best Genesis album? No, my favorite. I thought it was my favorite. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. You're right. What is Nathan's favorite Genesis <laughs> album? Um, your favorite Genesis album? Mm-hmm. Carpet Crawlers? Is that a thing? Oh, man. No, it's a song, but oh. it's on a different album. Then I don't know. Okay. It's <laughs> sell, selling England by the Pound. It's a long song. <laughs> the long song. I got a I got a long lesson about the pros and cons of Peter Gabriel as a member of Genesis yesterday. <laughs> I have to say, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, um, your face it reflects my own in those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll give you one more chance to redeem yourself, Dorothy. Your last mm. question for real. Please explain what is an exogenous variable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a variable that is not part of the system already. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Well done. <laughs> sort of. I'd say you All right. Seven oh, good. I got yeah. point seven point point seven point seven. I think that seems reasonable. All right, Richard. What is our final score? You might regret that point seven. Uh, Nathan came in at one point six. Dorothy wins at one point nine five. Uh, squeaker yeah <laughs> and a oh, bonus yeah. exogenous question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really came through well well done both of you um so now we'll take a, a quick break and then when we come back from our break we will um talk a little bit about some of the stories that you just mentioned and and what your experience has been like as a dual career couple in io psychology so see you in five minutes yeah, I'll throw in too for those that are uh, on the live stream. If you have questions, now is the time. Put them in YouTube live chat or uh, put them on the Discord in the uh, live on the on air channel. Yeah, see you in a bit. We're back. Welcome back, all. Uh, Tara, lead us into our uh, in enthralling discussion. All right. Well, so today's <laughs> show is titled "Dueling Careers" because we want to talk about dual careers. It's a pun, you see. So let's dive in. Uh, so first of all. What are some of the challenges of existing as a dual career couple in the same institution that other people might might not be aware of? Yeah, um, I'll start with that one. Uh, So Nathan and I have, I'll just kind of explain our situation. So Nathan started working at UGA as an assistant professor while I was still in graduate school. And um, then, you know, it was really wonderful. UGA opened up a job for me as a spousal hire. So in, in a lot of ways, that's a really great move on the part of, you know, in terms of re- faculty retention for um, their existing faculty members. Uh, so in a lot of ways, UGA has been extremely supportive of us as a dual career couple. Uh, but I think that there's still just like implicit biases that run rampant, you know, still, like, particularly as a woman, you know, there's just this kind of natural tendency for people to be to see me as kind of the the trailing spouse to mm. the male faculty member, right? So we have been really cognizant about that, that like that's a possibility. And we've been trying we've done things, silly things just to signal, you know, that our independence from one another. For example, like we sit across the room from each other in the faculty meetings. And um one one other backstory is that my last name 
Carter is the same as Nathan's last name, but I did not change it when I got married. My last name has always been Carter. <laughs> so we had uh, a variety of people actually say things to us that were like, oh, you changed your name. Like it was a, um, a little bit of a, a, a slight almost, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? There was, was some, like, there was some stink on it. Yeah. And mm. I, that was surprising to me. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, actually I didn't, <laughs> you know, if I did, why would that be an issue? So I think, I think like in a lot of ways, UGA has been fabulous about recruiting a spouse and, you know, but then there's simultaneously like this tension that is just natural that we've dealt with, but then, you know, you have anything more to add to that one? Well, I was going to say, I mean, you know, I, I'll say the name of like Keith Campbell was oh, yeah. the one who Fabulous. was really just so super supportive. Dorothy got off, a, Dorothy got off, was basically about to be offered a job by a very good IO program before she had even passed comps because they were trying to just get her cheap and early. And, uh, and so I just mentioned it to Keith when he was our department chair and he, I mean, it, within a week she had an interview. And so, and that was kind of all he needed to be able to start pulling the strings. And so, so he was really just so instrumental in all that. And, you know, but yeah, so I, th I think that the other thing is that was really annoying was like people, and this was early on, so we haven't had this, I don't think happen in a while, but people like grad students would like come into her office and say like, do you know where Nathan is? And, but never, yeah. but never did that mm. for her. Right. Or they email me and say, do you mind to ask Nathan this? And yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not his secretary. Right. <laughs> so mm. I just had to start those boundaries which, which I just, I don't even know if the people doing those things like recognize that they were doing that. I don't think they do it. It all. was just, and then, you know, given, like, I think, you know, you need to approach it with like an empathetic perspective. Like they didn't know that they were doing that and they were creating that norm. And so I had to set them straight about it. Well, it seems like you've got the right attitude, which is that you saw it as an opportunity to educate them about things they were probably not doing on purpose, but still have right. consequences. And it's also great to hear that your institution was supportive. And of course they should be because you're both such talented researchers. But I think we know that, you know, sometimes an institution doesn't have that clarity of sight and can, can be really uh, difficult to work with. So glad to hear that wasn't your experience. Um, so the way that you work together is really interesting because you sometimes write papers together, but for the most part, you work with other teams of collaborators. Can you talk about how that works? Like how you, how you collaborate together and how you work separately? Yeah, I mean, I think it's related to the first question too, especially since we're on different timelines and Nathan started his tenure track job several years before I did. Um, we certainly didn't want to have me be on the tenure track working exclusively with Nathan or something like that, which I wasn't going to anyways, because we have very different research interests. Um, so in, in some ways it's related to the idea that we wanted to establish ourselves as separate entities research-wise. Uh, so for the most part, we do our own thing. We have very different working styles too. Like I you know, work a little bit more intensively with my collaborators, like Kristen Cullen, Lester, Marissa Shuffler, and Amanda Thayer, some of my close collaborators. And we get on Skype or Zoom and for hours work together on Google Docs. Whereas Nathan would is much more of a divide and conquer kind of work style. Uh, but then for certain projects, 
it's more like we rely on each other's expertise. So like I'm on a networks paper that Nathan has, and then he's on where he was asking me questions about network analysis over the years. And then he's on some papers that I have where he was working on the analyses. And one, one interesting thing that ties into the first question is that there are early paper papers early in our relationship for both of us that I think now we would have put each other as author on. Mm -hmm. But then we didn't want to be seen as like hmm. she's dependent on me or I'm dependent yeah. on her or whatever. Right. And there was that kind of fear of being <laughs> viewed a particular way. And uh, yeah, so so I, so I think that. Yeah, that there there are just these little fears that you have to kind of deal with. When yeah, because like we always do talk about like what we're working on with each other. Yeah. And so then, you know, ask each other's advice on various things. But like you said, it, there's papers that probably we did co-authorship yep. work on each other's stuff a long time ago. But, but we consciously did we're not. We're like, you're not a co-author on this paper author because of the perception that that could have yeah right and quite frankly the perception will always work against um either the more junior partner or the woman in this case right? yeah. so and in this case it's like both i'm the junior and the female mm -hmm. so yeah yeah well let's talk about some of the benefits then because this is the bummer so tell me what are some of the benefits of a two io household like for example do you read jap together at the dinner table do you maybe like compete about who's the most leadershipy what does that look like well to get back to what nathan said i think that we have like done co-authorship work on each other's papers for years and i do think that that is a just because we weren't giving each other authorship credit it's still not that big of a bummer we have like really kind of made each other's research better over the years, I think. And um, we definitely read each other JAP out loud every dinner. No, we never have done that. <laughs> I said no. that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's nice to have somebody like a, a your partner who's very much on the same wavelength in terms of like what your interests are too. So I think that's always a benefit. I, I think, too, I mean, which is more like you work together, thing, but like you you all know the same people. Yeah. So there's never not some there's never a, we never sit at the dinner table and don't have something to talk about because there, it, we know so much about each other's context mm. that it really allows you to like be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, nuts or whatever. Um, so that's helpful. And then also your accomplishments. It's like they your spouse can understand these things and so like i'll tell dorothy and she's like excited to the appropriate extent but then i go like tell my parents and they're like oh, okay i guess <laughs> whatever that, that means that better than that that, <laughs> that one thing and i'm like oh that wasn't even a thing you know it just <laughs> so it's it's nice to have someone it's a very small world with very particular parameters and so yeah. it's nice to have somebody that understands that but, yeah so uh, I've heard you've recently added a third carder to the club. How's that going? Well, it's going really great. I mean, we still make a guest appearance here yeah. in a minute. Um, so Sophia Rose Carter was born on December 4th, 2020. She's a true pandemic baby yeah. in that she barely knows that anybody else exists other than mom's dad and grandparents. Mm. Um, I think we we took her on a vacation to the beach in May. 
And I think her, the thing that blew her mind the most was like seeing a big gas station. She saw like the lights and no, it, it was, was really um, exciting. <laughs> and then she saw the 12 year old girl. It was like, also. yeah, like a nine year old. And so, and so she's like so transfixed on this nine year old girl. And I was kind of like, why is she so transfixed? And then I realized she's never seen like an in-between person. <laughs> <laughs> Around my brother's daughter like and little, his son, baby, little right. kids mm-hmm. and adults, but she's never seen like. She didn't realize that we a, came in those sizes. Like a tween. <laughs> <or> a... <laughs> so, yeah, that's been great. Um, thankfully, my parents moved to Athens, Georgia um, last summer, right before she was born, mm-hmm. uh, which has been extremely helpful because one other challenge is when you have the same job as your spouse. Uh, you know, we, we pretty much have been passing her back and forth. Like we're not, we don't have her in daycare right now, uh, except for sometimes we can't do that when we're both in meetings or podcasts at the same time. And so it's really a wonderful thing that my yes. mom is in the, our living room right now, taking care of her. Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so for people who, um, don't have some, um, handy grandparents nearby ready to swoop in. What do you think institutions can do to support dual career families? Oh my gosh. Yeah, child care. Yeah. Huge child yeah. care. <laughs> like I don't know what we would be doing. Our jobs would be suffering right now if cuz I mean also like having some type of leave. I mean this is yeah. a University of Georgia thing, you know, potentially like 6 I, weeks. Know, two, 2 weeks, mm-hmm. but and that was this year the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it was none. So before. So, yeah. so leave. I mean, the obvious things: childcare, leave, and uh, just and also I, like recruitment yeah. for for dual careers. Mm. I think that's a that's an important thing. There's universities like UGA, as an example. There's no other university within an hour and a half of this location geographically, and so you know we're not going to live separately from each other as married people with children. Uh, so I think university statements that explicitly say things like we are supportive of dual career families because we know that that's a reality for so many people uh i think that goes a long way too like as a recruitment tact i I think too recognizing that you know and especially on the uh the mother's end that the only way to really give a research professor any type of leave is to give them releases out of courses, mm, like complete true. release, yeah. because you're, you know, and, and this is something, especially early on, you know, I had to explain to my parents or friends that weren't in the this world of like, you know, I have lots of flexibility, but it never stops. When I stop, it just piles up, you know, and, and that's, you know, such an odd scenario. And so when you talk about leave, traditional leave means nothing for Mm -hmm. us so you know a few weeks off quote unquote so what i don't answer my grad students emails i don't you know i mean what what, yeah that's a good point so i was the only way to actually give you any leave is no teaching yeah i think uh it was two weeks after she was born i had a conference presentation to give and i was still kind of you know coming off of narcotics at that point and, and they did not care that's yeah we won't say what the organization um, so is but they did not that, care they but there was there was that issue but it was just kind of more 
poor planning probably on my part. Um, and, but then luckily I had a, a grant buyout for my teaching requirement. So mm. I was supposed to teach a class in the spring, but I was able to use my course release from the grant. So I didn't have to teach. Uh, but I think that's critical. It's like having a whole semester whenever that baby is born to not be teaching. Right. And of course, I mean, if you have a grant buyout, you still have to do the work for the grant, right? It doesn't vanish. So <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, well, this is all terrific. Do you have any last thoughts or things that you want to um, share about your experience, maybe advice to other people who might be in the same situation? For dual career issues? I mean, I think that the one thing that I've seen a lot of other couples do is kind of wait for a situation that actually does work for both people rather than, I don't know, if you would you agree with that advice? Like I've seen, I've seen other people do this, like wait for a situation that ends up working out for their whole family rather than. I don't know. What's the alternative? What's the second part of that sentence? I don't know. Just taking whatever job and then the other person like living across the country from each other or whatever Mm -hmm. that sometimes you have to do that though like i think it's just tough to do those long distance relationships for a long time my advice is that things are going to work out (laughs) somehow that i don't i don't agree with that sentiment things sometimes don't work out that's true and and you see our i think what i would say (laughs) is it's a good indicate i mean it is hard yeah. But it's a good indication of whether or not you should really be together anyway. Because if to do long. we did have to do long distance and we did have sure. to, we have had to have mm. tough conversations about, our, you know, a certain moves or, you know, mm-hmm. the potential of going somewhere or whatever. And, um, but I, you know, I think that's just made us a stronger couple and better friends and all that. And so, so I think, um, yeah, that's a good point. We've had a lot of debates yeah. over the years about where we would, you know, before we started working here, for example, um, about where we would want to live and work mm-hmm. and across all the different IO programs and different cities. And we definitely found out that there was not a lot of agreements. Like there was only a select number yeah. of places that we yeah. were like both would buy into. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like Nathan said, that is something that definitely made our relationship stronger that having to work that out. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say that I think both of you are just very inspiring, both as researchers and people. And I'm so glad you could come on the show today. I uh, really appreciate it. And I'm sorry that you uh, were so bad at the game, but otherwise <laughs> really fantastic. I'll try to memorize your dissertation title, all 75 words. <laughs> I'd, I'd <laughs> and just give each other the answers, no. but she wouldn't do it. She's too competitive. <laughs> <laughs> I fully expected that you all would have cheated and showed up to crush the game. So I'm glad that you didn't. Thank you. I appreciate you respecting the integrity of Great I.O. Get Together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you both for having us on. This has been yeah, really fun. It really has. All right. Well, that is it for gig number nine. As always, please join our Discord so that you can chat with us before, during, and after the show. Definitely hit that subscribe button on YouTube uh, so you get a notification next time uh, so you never miss a show. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time for another great I.O. get-together. Bye.
Oh, the times were hard and the wages low. Lever, Johnny, lever. I guess it's time for us to go. And it's time for us to leave her. Lever, Johnny, lever. Oh, lever, Johnny, lever. For the voyage is done and the winds don't blow. And it's time for us to leave her. I can't believe it's already over. Can you? To keep the excitement going, check out our website at thegig.online. Join our Discord community to chat with your hosts and your fellow giggers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss a gig. Above all, thank you for joining us, and see you next time for another great I.O. get-together.